The 21st annual Theological Symposium at Concordia Seminary continues a long tradition of addressing issues confronting the church as it looks from past through present to future, often seeking to expand the horizons of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, as well as bringing fresh insight and conversation to concerns within our circles, doing so in what we hope is some safe space, all for some safe space for engaging theological conversation amongst us, even dealing with hard and often troubling questions that often divide us primarily because it's so hard to find safe space in which to discuss our questions, concerns, differences, and even disagreements. Last year, we stretched our horizons, entering into some fresh and refreshing ideas and issues in the relationship of science and theology that went beyond traditional debates, even had a theologian's primer in quantum physics. This year, we engage a topic closer to home, presumably more familiar. It may seem odd that a church so historically and deeply committed to sola scriptura is still talking about the nature of scripture and issues in interpretation. Considering at this symposium the formative nature of scripture in tension with whatever may be unpacked by formality, to be sure, the doctrine of Scripture is the formal principle of Lutheran biblical theology, but that's a large part of what this symposium is all about. How does Scripture, as the only rule and norm of faith and life, not only inform, but also form our lives of faith and life? How does it retain its proper relationship with the material principle, which is the gospel of justification by faith in Christ? How do the three solas, of which sola scriptura is but one, relate to each other and to the solus Christus? Is our doctrine of scripture, its inspiration, authority, infallibility, even inerrancy, only a formality to be affirmed as a litmus test of orthodoxy? What about, then, the tough questions of determining just what Scripture actually says and means, and how it applies to new questions or even to old questions when traditional proof texts are challenged, as perhaps less obvious as some would think? How does the perspicuity of Scripture function in a perspectival, modern, postmodern world, where anyone's interpretation is, well, anyone's interpretation? We have long confronted the Bible class dilemma of practicing, of, of sharing what the text means to me long before dealing with the prior question of what the text means, based to be sure on what the text meant. Of course, we need to start with what the text says at the level of translation, except that first we need to determine, with all the help we can get from Jeff Cloa, what the text is. For all the blood, sweat, and tears that we invest in pastoral education in the biblical languages as a basis for responsible, competent exegesis that takes sola scriptura seriously, as Paul Robbie has always said, competent readers of the text, how much does the original historical text of the sermon text actually affect what is preached or what is taught or how scripture is used for theological problem solving? It is often observed that the controversies in our church in the 60s and 70s were about the authority of Scripture, 
and in large part they were, often as driven as much by the systematicians as by the exegetes. Though a broad oversimplification in my own personal observation, it has seemed to me that once we had seemingly won our own denominational battle for the Bible, as it was easily perceived and sometimes dubbed, we needed then to show the world that our orthodoxy was not dead orthodoxy. So in an attempt to reinvigorate our mission outreach, we turned to a renewed emphasis on evangelism, now through a synodical board of evangelism services. It was the late 70s, and we looked around for people who affirmed inerrancy and who were growing through outreach and mission, evangelistic and evangelism. And we discovered James Kennedy and the Presbyterians. And so began a 30-year relationship with the evangelicals and with later versions of evangelicalism, not completely strange bedfellows, but not completely comfortable either certainly not sacramental or liturgically grounded ones, more Protestant than Catholic, and as concerns the material principle, more about law than gospel. Had the formal principle been rescued only to threaten the material? How do we steer that necessarily careful course between the skill of fundamentalism and the cribdis of historical critical methodologies maintaining historical exegesis informed by ministerial use of reason, also understanding the role of spirit-led discernment, hote pronomikos onakrinitai, 1 Corinthians 2.14, still bound to a text and to the means, yes, means of grace. And now come the new hermeneutical challenge referenced in Resolution 3.07, yes, from our 2010 Synodical Convention, to prepare new studies on biblical interpretation. These next two days were planned long before that resolution came to the convention, and the issues go far beyond the issues raised by the new hermeneutics. Some of the issues raised today and tomorrow have been around a long time. But may we use this time and this safe space to do again what this theological symposium has sought to do for the past 20 years, engage critical issues of theology, church, and mission. Scripture in the church, formative or formality. Our first speaker is Joel Okamoto, but before we turn to him, I have just a few announcements and program logistics. First, you know, you guys standing in the back, I've been back there a lot. Um, if you want to sit down, there's some seats, and don't be afraid to uh, even making them available here. Uh, and there's a whole front row here that it's kind of like front row in the theater, I know. But they're really kind of comfortable. Our program, as always, consists of both plenary and sectionals, sectionals uh, which will commence tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. More about that later. I do have to announce that the sectional by uh, Dr. Bodie, Jerry Bodie, uh, has been canceled due to a death in his family. Was, was that his grandfather? That time? Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, Jerry is not with us. Then, secondly, we've added something new this year, and that is the breakout sessions that you will see following the first plenary, which is actually a tag team here between uh, two speakers. Um, and uh, those sectionals are, um, are for you to engage in some um, 
discussion. Talk amongst yourselves. Uh, on your name badge somewhere, you should have a color-coded something. A dot? Do we have dots? We have dots. Um, if you don't have a dot, I don't know what to tell you right now. You should go to the room that you have been assigned. I'm going to read these real quick, so pay attention. There will be a test. Um, if you have a red dot, seek 204 across the way. Uh, this will be posted out there when you come out, too, so this isn't your only chance to get it right. You can, there'll be a cheat sheet. Seek 204, red. Green dot, seek 205. Blue dot, seek 206. Yellow dot, or gold, seek 208. Uh, the con what is it, Concordia University people? Students, those are the students, not the faculty. Concordia University people are in Seek 201, that's the big room, and what do we, high school people, Seek 202, that's the plan, okay? If you've got any questions, find Jeff Kloa or Linda out there, uh, understands everything. Look, the purpose of these discussion groups, oh, there are double dots. <laughs> if you have a white single dot, go to Winnegan 102. If you have red double dots, that would be two red dots, go to Winnegan 103. If you have two green dots, go to Winnegan 204. If you have two blue dots, 205, Winnegan 205. Have we gotten everybody? If you're a Concordia Seminary student, stay here. Okay? We will deal with you separately. Any questions? Did I miss anybody? Does anyone have a dot I didn't call? You have no dot. I don't know what to tell you, sir. Uh, yeah, I have no dot. You do have an identity and you're baptized, so you're all right. But um, uh, we'll find a good place for you. Um, look, the point of this is for a little bit of uh, discussion. It's open and engaging. There will be a faculty facilitator to ask some lead questions. Be challenging but respectful. These are the ground rules. We learned this from the blogs out there. Be respectful and collegial. Key questions and comments will be gathered. Now, this is kind of key to the program. We're not going to have an open discussion as much as collect your questions that will come out of these breakout things and then discuss them at the end. Uh, so, okay? Finally. Um, a couple of uh, program notes. 1.40 this afternoon, there will be a demonstration of lectionary at lunch. If you don't know what lectionary at lunch is, you should. Uh, and if you don't have uh, and a clue, uh, there will be an opportunity to find out. Um, uh, that's really a, a cool thing that we've been doing for many years. And is, uh, Do we have an app now? We have an app. Right there for your phone. Lectionary at lunch. Uh, read the text, Greek and Hebrew. Uh, with, uh, with guys from the seminary. Then this evening at 6.30, Jeff Kloa is going to be uh, uh, offering a little bit of a tour of our own collection within our library of the biblical manuscripts and early printed Bibles that we have here in the Resource and Research Library of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, uh, which we, uh, we are pleased to have on the campus of Concordia Seminary. Um, uh, tomorrow, we'll talk about tomorrow. 
Um, there's information in your packets. Be sure you take a look at all the good stuff that's in there. Uh, uh, President Meyer did thank uh, especially Jeff Cloa and Linda Nering. The rest of the program, Joel Locomoto, Tim Saluska, David Schmidt. Does that sound right? You guys are on the program? Good job. Okay, let's thank the program committee, Jeff, and especially Linda. <laughs>